On this episode, we're exploring all the ways you can play with someone's heart. Let's go play some games. Ooh, okay. This is different than what you talked about last time. Hey there, romance nerds. I'm Jen. And I'm Jackie. We're two librarians from Nopal in upstate New York, and you're listening to Raging Romantics. In this podcast, we like to think a little too deeply about romance books. If you're into theory, history, and raging about Romance Landia, then you should stick around. Please be advised that some of the things we talk about may not be suitable for younger listeners. Content warnings for episodes are available in the show notes. Jen, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Let's, Let's rage! rage! mentally prepared for this joke it's a bit of a long one mm-hmm. but as librarians it is meant for us and it has a chicken in it so it's meant for me okay okay so so <clears throat> librarian one day notices a chicken walk into the library chicken goes up to the desk goes book librarian goes okay hands them a book there's no law against chickens checking out books yeah. right mm-hmm. chicken t- chicken tucks the book under its wing goes doop, 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 walks out the door Next day, chicken comes back, goes book, book. Librarian goes, okay, two books. Here you go. Gives them two books. Chicken walks out of the library. Next day, chicken walks back in, goes book, book, book. Librarian goes, okay, you're going through books really fast. Mm -hmm. Follows the chicken out of the library. Follows the chicken to its house where there the librarian looks through the window and sees a frog laying in the bed. Chicken holds up book to frog. Frog goes, Read it. <laughs> Holds up the next book. Read it. <laughs> there you go. The librarian, the chicken, and the frog. I'm surprised I made it through right, that. I got good, very actually. nervous about yeah, that, that joke. Good. I didn't know where that was going, but that was good. <laughs> oh, thank you. You want a bonus chicken joke? <laughs> sure. Why are chickens so awesome? Because. Oh. <laughs> if anybody else knows any chicken jokes, send them my way because mm-hmm. I love chicken jokes. That's so. fair. There you go. Well, until then, hey there, romance nerds. <laughs> Welcome back to yet another episode of Raging Romantics. <gasps> hey, we're still here! And we cannot wait to go down another weird rabbit hole with you today. Mm. And don't forget that it is due to the generous tolerance of Northern Onondaga Public Library <laughs> that keeps this podcast alive. So why not check out your local library during this beautiful April? Yeah. Also, you noticed that we sound good. I yes. remember to go and get the cord. It sounds beautiful. So yes. We're good to go now. Thank God we have the two mics because that was painful that last was time. That was so painful. Yeah. So I still aimed for a short script. So okay. I think we can still okay. aim for that, that short. Crack knuckles. It's going to work. It's going to be great. And I do want to give a shout out to my librarian friend, Jess, who, again, speaking of the amazingness of librarians, she gave me like a whole list of sources for this episode because she got more excited about it than I did. (laughs) So if you don't want a book, which is insane, but maybe you need some questions answered or a research project, honestly, just go to a librarian because we love looking that stuff up. Yeah. We like doing things that are different from the norm. Exactly. So just remember that the next time you might have a little project or a little question in mind, don't just go to Google. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) To a degree. (laughs) because <laughs> we have degrees, we have degrees. <laughs> hey. hey but for the most part jackie and i talk a lot about books on this podcast we right? do like obviously what a shock physical or ebook a lot of romance is centered around actually reading words across a surface with your eyes like it's just the way it is right mm. but you know if there is a day that you're just too tired or you're out of it to actually focus on a book which happens sometimes we're not always in the mood to actually read something but you know you want that kind of comforting romance escapism mm. to help you wind down i want to let you know that there are different formats to experience romance in 
Audiobooks are obviously the most popular and obvious choice and one I'm absolutely going to explore in a future episode. I just am still looking for audiobook suggestions from all of my favorite romance nerds out there. If you've got a great romance audiobook you love that is perfect for beginners, please let me know at ragingromantics at nopal.org. And maybe that'll be the first one I ever listened to in my entire life. Taken aback that you have never listened to an audiobook. I just, I read so fast. Good or, or not, I read very, very fast and I get very bored listening to people talk sometimes. So I just listened to the dramatized versions of Akatar by Sarah J. Moss mm-hmm. and I was blown away. Also, I've never blushed so hard in my <laughs> entire life while listening to an audiobook. Mm-hmm. So I think I need to find you a dramatized version. Okay. I don't know what it is. I just, I, I like. Understand. Never appealing to it's, me. It's a very common sentiment, I feel, mm-hmm. amongst a lot of hardcore readers that Yeah, I'd rather just read it for myself than like wait for somebody to slowly talk. So I the have words. to I do have to set the speed at like one point five, sometimes okay. to two speed, because mm-hmm. yeah, the, that the helps. physical slowness hurts mm-hmm. my brain. But I've had a lot of people really enjoy audiobooks and I've had like people who listen to this podcast ask me to talk about audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, in particular they, they really want me to remark on the sensation of walking to a public place with a sex scene in your ear. I don't know what that was me yesterday. I don't know what to say about it yet, so I guess I have to experience it. So if you want to send me recommendations and also tell me how I should listen to these audiobooks, like should I do chores? Should it be in a drive? Should I like light some candles, lay out in bed? Like just let me know the best way for my first audiobook experience to take place. It is really good to let do me know. chores too, like fold laundry. Yeah. I do. I do listen to like YouTube essays while I do chores. That yeah, helps. Same thing. Yeah, same it's just like to the podcast. I don't know. I just it was never appealing. So fair, we are going to see what it's like. Me okay. as an audiobook uh, amateur, okay. beginner, whatever. But that's not what we're talking about today. No. So until then, today I want to use this episode to talk about a format I've never actually really considered before: hmm. romantic board games and video games. Okay. Right. I think this is something that can be very accessible if you're just again not in the headspace for reading. It happens to all of us. But you still want to do something social or maybe engaging with a friend. You still kind of want to actually interact with something I think is very important. And I think that's where you can kind of go into a romantic board game instead. Mm. I've talked some in my sports episodes about, you know, we have a human need for play. So I'm not going to go back over that. But most researchers do consider game and play a very important human need. So why not stick romance Mm. and gaming together? Mm. I think kind of stereotypically we think of video games as very violent, very shooty, mm-hmm. shootery, uh, lots like very male dominated. And that's just not the way it is anymore. I think it ends up being a great change of pace from more of the more violent video games like that. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely been in the right mood to go kill some pixels in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also really like romance and I would like that to be reflected in my gaming options. I feel like two cozy games. I don't play video games. It's just no, never anything I got yeah. into. And honestly, it feels like there's a bit of a barrier of play for me to get into. into. Mm-hmm. But I have been really intrigued by all the cozy games that yeah. have been getting super popular mm-hmm. lately. And I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with cozy romance and yeah. cozy fantasy that have gotten popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we take it back to, oh gosh, I don't even remember what episode, but where I talked about Otome games. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't remember what episode that was. I'll that was Polly. Polly. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. And why choose? Yeah. Um, I think I think it's kind of a natural fit. Yeah. Like there is something like people kind of like to to act these things out. Yeah. You know. I mean, hey, RPG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do have to be honest as a librarian here. It's it's going to be hard to find games like this actually at the library. I know we're a big 
uh, proponent of the library, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be able to find these things for checkout, unfortunately. This is a little more niche than like Chester Halo, which some libraries do offer, but not this stuff. There are plenty of options available for sale on Amazon or App Store or elsewhere in the world. So we can't give you any free suggestions this time. But, you know, once you buy something, at least you get to keep it. And hey, I mean, if that's you nice. have anything you'd like to recommend to the library to purchase, if it's in a format that we can, mm-hmm. um, so we purchase like hardcore, yeah. or not hardcore, but like hard format um, yeah. video games, let us know and we'll see yeah. if we can look into it. Yeah. I mean, that would help a lot because our video game circuit's going down. Yeah. <laughs> so let us know. Except Give us a suggestion. Switch. Switch. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. So I consider myself a very light, very casual gamer. Like I do World of Warcraft once in the greatest while. I don't normally like paying for it and I'm a casual fan compared to like the very intense game boys <laughs> really who get very yeah, upset when i like game bros. yeah when i make a mistake or something so it's not yeah. that fun to me i do love animal crossings but i only loved it for about two years before i finally got sick of it <laughs> and i haven't touched a video game really since so i don't i don't really know this about you and you did just tell us you're not into video games but yeah. are you like a board game person at least do you like anything with games i like board games mm-hmm. it's just never something that my family has really done um, I will say I'm going to visit my best friend Anna and we, I'm going to make her play Settlers of Catan with me because she taught me how. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just never something mm-hmm. that we've really been big into. So it feels like something that's becoming more trendy. Yeah. Like I read about like these board game clubs and my friend takes me to like these board game stores and she always makes me play something when I visit her too. Yeah, I mean, LARPing is probably the closest I've gotten Mm, to a board Um, game. Which, I don't know, obviously you can't really consider that a board game, but it's like live RPG. Yeah, that's right. And then, um, um, oh God, this is bad. What's it called? The game that's really popular, that's medieval, world of, not World of Warcraft. We have it. The other one. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that one, yeah. I feel like Dungeons and Dragons is having yeah. a resurgence right now. Too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always been popular. But, but now it's like mainstream. Yeah. It's like cool to I be mean, into Chris it. Chris Pine is going to be in a D&D yeah. movie. So. Like, it's very much a different aesthetic than the way we used to kind of consider the people who played Dungeons and Dragons of yeah. like living in their mom's basement and being greasy and gross. Yeah. And, like, now it is like the super hot guy from True Blood plays it. Yeah. And he has like Alexander his whole Star's little. No, 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 no. The werewolf. Joe Magnolia. Oh, right, 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 right. He I had his own custom table made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and he had like the Game of Thrones creators yeah. at the st- like he had a lot of famous celebrity guys at like his little table. Nerd is hot now. Yeah. Whereas it really wasn't when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. And like again, like you said, to be a video gamer, to be like yeah, a, a gamer really was kind of like you said it was niche. It was iffy, and now it's like you unless can get you were spo- a game bro. Now you can be like sponsored to play video yeah. games, and people will watch you. And Marvel is like one of the best selling movies. Like it's very much cool. It's cooler good. now to be a nerd. It's guitar hero still out there probably okay i remember that was huge when i was in high school mm-hmm. so. yeah i mean i think any of those interactive things i think that particular one's been replaced by like some of the stuff you could do on switch okay. or something okay. see i'm an utter grandma and if i'm not reading i'm crocheting so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just old that's fair so like i said in my last episode it was actually a friend who recommended i look into romantic games and honestly i didn't think there would be much outside of like a sex dice for couples but you know she kept pulling up example after example of these romantic board and card games and it's not just a recent invention either jackie do you want to guess what year the earliest romantic board game i could find came out can i can i pull ancient examples no oh okay it's got to be like mass produced oh damn okay 1987 that no oh <laughs> <Not> <laughs> like, no. I were like, that's actually right and then i looked at it I'm like oh no i'm really off <laughs> 
It is 1909. Wow. Yes, okay, it I is was a, really off. <laughs> it is a board game called Courtship and Marriage. Okay. Designed by Christopher George King. Is this where it was at Lisa Kleppis who did like the board game heiress, mm-hmm. the Ravenels? Is this where she got the inspiration? I have no idea. That's a good question. Okay. I think maybe with her, she's just like a creative author. Or maybe okay. she just like pulled it. It would be cool though. Cause actually, yeah, now that we know, okay, board games were a thing in the 1900s. Yeah. And this was apparently a popular game. I will say, I don't know if it made it to Britain because this particular game was copyrighted in Australia. Oh, it's okay. actually on display at the National Archives if you ever want to cool. visit. Yeah. So it's, you know, kind of a big deal. It is a path styled game where you roll the dice yeah. and you kind of follow the squares. Okay. It's like one of those deals. And the goal is to get to the final oh. square of marriage. So kind of like the game Life. Yes. Okay. So it was meant to teach children morals because we know how lo- how they love their moral Those lessons. Victorians. <laughs> and also how to court perspective matches properly. Oh. Right. So it's not like in a gross pickup artist way. I thought at first when I read that, but it's actually things of like, how do you get through to the right number on the telephone exchange, which is just like so cute and old. Like That's the problems so they used to have. Old-timey. I know, or how not to offend your in-laws, like things <laughs> like that. And the game is very pretty, by okay. the way. It's like very nice Victorian kind of like retro artwork. It's really nice. It's not at all what I think of is kind of the trend for board games today. It's also really fun to see what some of the date activities were like back yeah. then. Like there's a square on the board game for like a fancy dress ball, a seaside visit, motor ride, croquet. Oh, like wow. you might have to go back some squares if you find out your prospective person is already engaged or jilts you. It's just like a fun little shot yeah. in time for me. I just pulled it up and okay, A, the board is huge. I did not expect it to be that big. I think that, that was a display. Oh, okay. Because yeah. there's like a picture of a child standing yeah. next to it and the child's like half the size of the board. No, I read the, the caption for that. It is okay. a display. Oh, okay. That's the National okay. Archive one. Yeah, that's where mm. I pulled on to. I pulled on Board Game Geek. Yes. Um, but it kind of looks like Jumanji. Just with oh, priests. Oh, I see that. <laughs> priests. <laughs> for two or three or four players. But it's cute. And there's like that cute yeah. little square too of like, oh, I'm out of money and... All smooth with the family. (laughs) Seaside. You charmed the parents. It's just cute. It's like, okay, so like that's the stuff that they liked back then. All I can hear in my head is Princess Bride. Mowage. (laughs) (laughs) But it's pretty. Yeah, it is. I like it. And then, of course, we get a little bit spicier in the 60s. What Mm -hmm. a shock, right? One of the games I thought looked fun was The Game of Love, published in 1965 by Del Sol Productions. It's another game where you move along the path, but instead of a focus on courtship, you win by advancing to the love nest goal. Sixties, oh. scandalous. Uh-huh. The winner is allowed either a kiss, a bear hug, or a hearty <laughs> handshake from their player of choice. This so is very, very like sixties aesthetic. <laughs> it's like got that weird pink and green mm. and blue and purple. Yeah, it's a lot uglier, but like it's yeah. retro. <laughs> yeah, it's but, very retro. And then the, the instructions I found were really funny. So some in, some of the spaces call upon you to quote a line from a love poem others call on a player to correctly identify the eye color of the other players in the game so still others feature bits along the line of like hey if you think your legs are pretty go forward one (laughs) if anyone doubts you prove it or go back to two (laughs) prove that your legs are pretty i got legs (laughs) so obviously there's very different goals here in mind as we move along I just love the idea of somebody flashing their legs. Well, that's like, is this early strip poker? I, mean, I guess. I mean. I mean, 1960s version. Sorry. Actually, in the instructions, though, they do they do recommend, you know, once you like either win your kiss or your hearty handshake, you should go in private to actually. Five minutes in heaven. It's the 60s. Listen. I love how this, like, it, this doesn't feel quite countercultury, but it's no. obviously leading into the 70s. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell, like, the swingers were in full force oh, at yeah. this point. 
I didn't want to get into it, but there are a lot of like sex-based group kind of board games. I just yes. thought it was a little too spicy for this one. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And before you think to yourself, okay, John, these are romantic sounding games, but you know, what is the point of having them on a romance genre podcast? There are actually plenty of board games that are based directly off romance books. Mm. So Barbara Cartland, we've never talked about her. I can't say I've ever read her, but apparently no. she wrote over 700 books. Wow. She was massively prolific. I have never heard of her in my entire life. I feel really bad. But she was a famous romance author at one point and had a board game released in the 1980s based off of her novels directly. Yeah. I know. Dame Barbara Cartland. Sorry, I just slid. It's like Daniel Steele in exactly, a couple in years. A couple years, yeah. There's always a Daniel Steele era somewhere. The players follow the board in an adventure book, and the winner is the person to meet their true love first. So it kind of follows some of her plot lines and tropes. And mm. It's it looks like she wrote like classic um, she did Mills the, and Boone. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But a lot, like a ton. She died in 2000. She had, like, she, I think, worked oh. up until her death. The Lady and the Highwayman was based off of one of her books. Oh, cool. Books. Interesting. Oh. I would think probably a lot if she wrote 700. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else she had time for. Popular novels like Romeo and Juliet or Jane Austen have also been adapted into board games. So in Romeo and Juliet's case, the goal is usually to not die. <laughs> in Jane Austen, hey, can you end up with your gentleman caller? Mm. Also fun, there are actually a bunch of zombie versions of the Jane Austen books <laughs> that are also board games. Okay. Yeah, It's just very interesting. Board games today tend to be more elaborate and interactive than the games of the past. That Romeo and Juliet game actually has a board that is designed to remind you of a theater scene. Oh. There's a series called Fog of Love that's very interactive where you build your characters up and put them through all kinds of trials to see if they end up together. Going back to the Dungeons and Dragons, it sounds a little bit like Dungeons and Dragons the more I write about this Fog of Love property. Okay. They, there's actually multiple kinds of themes. The most, most recent one being set in quarantine and trying to keep your relationship alive during the pandemic, <laughs> which is just very, <laughs> very... Aww. Like one of the one of the things you have to battle is like boredom and frustration with each <laughs> other and like very true to life in a okay. weird way. Interesting. My favorite kinds of games personally are like the argumentative ones. Yes. Like, like an apples to apples where you have to try to persuade someone. I love apples there, to apples. There's this game called Red Flag. I actually really like. I played this again with my friend Jess. Hello again to Jess. <laughs> where the judge is the single person about to go on a date with the seemingly perfect card and the opponents have to throw a reg a red flag card into the mix and try to convince the judge why their red flag is the less awful one right so it's like a simple deck of cards but it's very interactive and combative at times i feel like i've heard of that one so it's like okay if i give you a billionaire white card so it's like okay your your date's gonna be a billionaire okay then the person who's opposing me can throw one out and is like but he knits booties out of puppies Oh, well, you had me until the puppies part well that's the thing is like (laughs) you have to decide between the two red flags and maybe my red flag will be something like i don't know he he shaves in the shower some, like that's nothing that's not a red flag yeah. but like i was like wait that's not a bad thing <laughs> well i was thinking something else when i was like yeah. oh I should yeah. not. <laughs> he eats cheese with his feet yeah something like that okay he whistles He's when eccentric. he farts i don't know <laughs> something weird but then it's oh. like you have to combine you have to convince the judge or the single person well this is why this red flag is not that bad okay this is why you still want to go for the billionaire even if yeah he eats cheese with his feet sidebar mm. i think this is the a kind of thing we should do with thomas when we do shout out to thomas when we do an episode we're gonna play red flag we'll see i you don't guys know. get to listen to it we'll have to think about and it we have to talk about the books <laughs> we have to think of red flags along the way <laughs> i like it okay but there's plenty of those kind of games where it is like these cards and it's very just like 
discussion more than kind of a story on like some of the other board games, mm. which is interesting. There is this fun looking game called Cinder where you try to date a dragon without getting burned. <gasps> so the, like the themes in general get really cheeky too. Like yeah. there's, I didn't realize there was just so much stuff to do with board games. I'm stuck with like, Oh, like shoots and ladders. Sorry, whatever. Like the yeah. stuff I played up and here, this person's making Cinder. That's which is cool. amazing. So the closer we look to the 21st century, the more options we end up having too for inclusive board games and more queer friendly games too. There is a very cute graphic novel called Princess Princess Ever After. I'm mm. sure you read it, and it's actually there's actually a game based off of that book too. I actually it's like letters. It's super cute. Okay, I'll it's very it's cute. But the idea is it's like uh, it's like these letter based games, and you have to kind of tro- oh. try to go find your princess. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. It's very cute. Like I said before, there are lots of couple themed games. It's very <laughs> popular, but it's way too spicy for me to feel totally comfortable talking about them on this podcast (laughs) and i think the goal of them is a little different (laughs) than what i'm talking about today but if you are looking to connect with your partner (laughs) in a new light no like conversationally conversationally jackie Get your you can't go between train tracks that fast and i cannot keep up in a con- if you want to get to know your partner differently in a new way, there are a bunch of board games, no, that prompt you with questions about, like, things you might not have known about each other, okay? Like, I made a joke about the sex dice before, but the game industry has started offering lots of different options that are more platonic or, like, intimate. But, you know, if you want to find something that's straight-up sex, I don't judge either. Like, have fun. There's lots. Uh, sorry, okay. The web- cool. So cool. <laughs> The website Board Game Geek will give you so many options for a romantic board game. If any of this sounds good to you, there's actually 240 right now listed under their love and romance category. So there are lots of games out there for you to get that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling from a romance novel without actually reading if you're not actually in the mood. Okay, and you basically have to have another player. I didn't spot a game you could just play by yourself. So that is like one of the the cons of the whole thing there is a really cute trend going around right now it's like kind of like a dating game trend when you take your partner out on a date you have two index cards and they can't see what's written on it and they have to choose one of the cards so like for dinner it'll say Mm -hmm. sushi or pizza and like they have to pick and so like it's kind of like an interactive oh yeah yeah they've made that into a board game too i did see like a dinner game for couples yeah so what if you're not a board game person or don't have another person to play with? <laughs> I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, very sad. But a romantic video okay. game might just be the thing you need instead. Okay. Right? I'm not the biggest gamer, but even being out of the major video game circles, I still managed to hear about Dream Daddy. Did you? Really? I thought it was so big in like the 2019, right before COVID. It was this very popular interactive game released back in 2017 from Game Grumps about a new single okay. dad dating okay. other single dads in the neighborhood. It was, I did not get a chance to play it before this episode, but I have heard amazing things. The reviews are just like singing its praises. So I know there are video games that might have a romance as a subplot or something kind of like in the background as they have other things to do. But I want to talk about games that put romance right in the center, like Dream Daddy, or the (laughs) game I basically based this whole episode around so I could talk about it, Plundered Hearts. Okay. Doesn't it sound amazing already? Do you want to guess how old Plundered Hearts is and what kind of system it came out on, Jackie? I nothing about gaming systems. Um, That's okay. Just guess. Just guess. You're not going to guess, but I just think it's funny. 1993. Okay. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It came out in 1987 on floppy disks. I love floppy disks. (laughs) It came out on floppy disks. 
This is such my nerdy it's thing amazing. to say. I love floppy disks. That's disc. so weird. I've never heard anybody say that in my life. Well, I thought most people were grateful floppy disks. I, I am very grateful they're gone, but I miss like color coordinating my floppy oh. disks. This is the most like ADHD thing okay. I'll probably ever say on this podcast. I miss color coordinating my floppy disks. And when I worked in the archive, I was archiving the plastics collection and like photographing. And I came across a whole slew of like OG, like actually like floppy disks. Mm-hmm. And it was just so fun to see them. And I wished I had had a system I could plug them in. I don't think I've ever used a floppy disk in my life. Really? No, I, I like missed that whole so period. Many things on them. But Plundered Hearts was the first <laughs> and only romance-based game that the developer Infocom ever released. Okay. It was also the only game they ever released with a female main character. But you know, like the whole video game yeah. industry is a sexism problem. Water yeah. is wet. Yada yada. Like it's <laughs> not the point of this. <laughs> yeah. But Plundered Hearts is an interactive game designed by Amy Briggs, where the heroine gets kidnapped by pirates and goes on all these adventures and danger. And there's like a love triangle between her and the pirate captain and this jerk who ends up being the bad guy. So she teams up with the pirate captain for life and love. This sounds like blow me down. I know. That's the other reason I think I love this so much is because it's like I wonder if Katie McAllister got like inspired a little bit i don't know but you know i never heard of this ever it was like buried deep in this internet search just sent me and mm. um, i know some people must know about it but i guess because it had only been the one romance the game in this particular disc. one it's a floppy disc like huh. so i don't know and it sounds so much fun and i'm so bitter that it wasn't upgraded to a platform i could play on today yeah it even came with these fun extras like a handwritten letter some fake oh, money a velvet boat like like a velvet pouch yeah. right just to make it like really special um i couldn't find any info on how well it did sales wise so i can't mm. tell you that but most of the reviews were either positive or neutral okay the writing was usually praised a lot and it did apparently feel like a real historical romance novel that you actually got to experience and live through yourself oh that sounds like fun. which was nice yeah some of the reviewers compared it to georgia hair oh, which okay. i know is not your favorite but yeah. just kind of that like that vibe. dramatic detailed flowery kind of language oh. and there were some snippets online of of the whole situation it did sound really fun oh. so kind of like those <coughs> modern like murder mystery games that are so popular where you get like the whole yeah. thing and you have to like go through mm-hmm. okay cool. and i read some stuff too from amy briggs about how this was the game she always wanted to play oh, and just the okay. kind of work she put in to make this like a really beautiful interactive romance novel like through a computer yeah unfortunately this was the only one she ever made mm. which was a little disappointing she's actually left the video game industry entirely but i am very glad that she at least gave us this one because yeah. it sounds amazing. It sounds really cool. I am so bitter that it is stuck in the 80s and I have all this technology where I do not have a floppy disk. Are you going to talk about Sims? I wasn't going to, but okay. I could. Yeah, that's really the only thing I know about. I so. know. I mean, because the thing with Sims, like, it's Sims seem destructive. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not, not like, really meant to be romantic at all. Like, it's like you're trying to get them to drown each other. Yeah. And, like, and have like a how terrible many babies, life. How yeah. incestuous can you make it? Um, so as far as I can tell. No, I know. I'm just okay. still thinking about The Sims. Oh. Because I was thinking about The Sims writing this. And I'm like, I just don't think it counts as romance. Because it's really like chaotic I, people yeah. being really cruel to these pigs. I don't think it's romance. <laughs> I think it's more of like lifestyle in general. But even yeah. then, it's just like do whatever you can do. It's kind of like, um, um, what were those little Tamagotchis? Uh, like Tamagotchi on steroids. But it seems like people took a lot of pleasure in being awful. Like they would take the yeah. stairs out of the pool and them drowned. And yeah. Like set the house on fire, take the doors out. Yeah, it's like, like how long does it take somebody to yeah. die? <laughs> like how long, how, how long does it take you to turn into a psychopath? You know, because yeah. you have these pixels. It doesn't matter. Go crazy. Yeah. I say that like having done the same thing. I'm not judging, <laughs> but because I did play The Sims for a little bit. But as far as I could tell, Plundered Hearts was the first romantic video game. Yeah. I can't say this led to 
well at least in the west i see you're gonna mention japan here in a minute but like they had otome games like what 19 in the 90s yeah well it was earlier than that like the first was i don't know it was 1990 the one i found was 1992 okay okay we'll have to we'll have to look back that but sorry carry on my apologies yeah, so as far as I could tell, I think this was the first romantic video game in the U.S. Okay. I can't say this led to a ton more being made immediately, but dating sims like Dream Daddy were invented in 1992. The first one was made in Japan called D- uh, Dijoki, about a male classmate dating his female classmates. Mm, so basically okay. going around and trying to figure out what kind of key do I need to press to like make them like me. Yeah. So okay. it's like a lot of, it was very conversational, okay. right? <laughs> dating sims in general are more about relationship building or picking the right dialogue or action to get the love interest's attention and sim here means <laughs> simulation not like sim sims yeah not right? the sims okay, we were just talking okay. about i was getting very confused <laughs> no i don't know i mean i know the sims are like so big and like that's probably most people's experience with sims like with video games is if you played the sims and probably not like anybody who's not a heavy gamer you probably played the sims or animal crossing most likely. Like, I did a lot of Animal Crossing when I was in sixth grade on um, a GameCube before Animal I got the Crossing Switch. Animal Crossing is that old? Yeah. Oh. There was, like, three variations. Jen and I are the same age before you come at me no, for saying that old. No, you're two years younger. Oh, well, it's still yeah. that old. <laughs> <laughs> but it does feel like there's been a slow growth to more romantic-styled yeah. games. But I feel like the technology has played a huge role in improving that. Yeah. Right? Plundered Hearts was the only female character-driven game out of their catalog of 148 games. Today, with your smartphone's app store, there's endless options for dating sims. I did that before I came in. I had, like, endless scrolling of all these different kind of, ooh, date the frat boy or <laughs> dream daddy or, like, any of these other kind of things. And they've also expanded, too, from, okay, male classmate going after the female classmate. It's much more inclusive. It's a lot more of whatever you like in the entire universe, really. Like, it's not limited anymore. I think it's easier, too, for some companies to kind of invest in more... Not risky, but in in broader ideas for an app store as opposed to a floppy disk. Because the floppy disk would have been a lot more money. Yeah. App store, it's not going to say all the practices are ethical because I've heard some bad things about video game stores. But I don't think it's as hard maybe to get a thing on the app store and to try something new. What's the bad stuff coming from a noob about video game stores? No, no, not the stores, but like the practices. Because, of course, it's very, um, like you like missed all the Gamergate stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's the obvious Gamergate stuff about kind of like the gatekeeping and the sexism and keeping women like yeah. out of those roles. And then there's also just some of the unethical practices. So they have these things. Oh, I can't think of the, the term off the top of my head, but basically they work absolutely insane hours, seven days a week to try to get this game rolled out for very little pay. And oh. it's seen as like a badge of honor. Kind of like a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's a way to put it. Okay. I don't know. I've never heard it described that way, but... Uh, like that's how a lot of people end up getting burnt out of video games Mm. i was kind of wondering if that's what happened to amy she never said publicly what it was she just kind of went back to grad school and now she's like i think making products for 3m was what her wikipedia said and what the some of the other sources i saw was but it's not it's not a very kind industry to be in yeah no especially not if you're a woman and especially not not that amy is a person of color but especially not if you're a person of color. exactly yeah i mean people get burnt out fast and then things like world of warcraft they get in a lot of trouble for creating like racist characters or for they, they went through a big scandal a couple of years where it was like some sexual harassment i think <laughs> nobody's surprised what a shock i know like blizzard like blizzard had some issues yeah so i don't want to be like oh it's this cool feminist utopia look at all these romance games blah 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 i think it is slowly i'm hoping it's getting better i should cross my fingers Maybe it's not, actually, because I don't think Gamergate really improved anything. 
Because most of those. Mm. I wonder how much of like the cozy game, because I'm like vaguely aware of all the cozy games that are coming out. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that is like the feminist answer or like the not sexual harassment it answer. And you know, when I was watching, uh, I know I referenced the show too much, but Adam ruins everything. They did have an, a video game episode where they mentioned, you know, if you include smart app games, which you absolutely should, women are like blowing men away in yeah. those. So I think that also shows some of the different topics you can get in the app store as opposed to a PlayStation or a Switch or whatever. Yeah. But in general, I've noticed more of a broadening. I don't know if it's just because I've had to like pay attention for work. And because I can't afford World of Warcraft anymore. <laughs> so I'm not playing any of that stuff. But It's expensive? Yeah, you have to play a month. It's a monthly oh, fee. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then it doesn't really work that well on the laptop. It's oh. okay. You need like a gaming system set Yeah, up. it's a little better. Like it's a, like, I could do it on my Mac. I did it a lot during COVID because that was like one of my ways of doing something outside of my house. I was like, all right, let me go like kill some orcs. I did not kill any orcs. That was very sarcastic of me because <laughs> I was a very bad gamer. <laughs> and I kept meeting people that get very mad at me <laughs> for oh, not being good. No. Because it's like a, you interact with other yeah, gamers, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was not. I'm not a great World of Warcraft person, but it's fun. Is there ever like any romance in those games? Not really. Not oh, World of Warcraft. That's so it's sad. kind of. I mean, people might do it themselves, and there's <laughs> you can have these actions of like, okay, I kiss another player. <laughs> okay. That Sorry. kind of a thing, but it's not like you can actually get a marriage license in game. You can do things kind of unofficially. Mm. I think there are occasionally players that like marry each other in the game, but oh. it's not like you get a marriage license to hang on your fake house or something. Um, it's not see, built into the game, unfortunately. That's how you can tell it was made by men. Yeah, basically. Nobody yeah. cares about the yeah. any of the fun stuff. Sometimes, too, they'll have like sad quests. Like There is this one really sad quest where you have to go get his fi- his dead fiance's uh, oh. jewelry from like a graveyard. Isn't that like Red Dead Redemption or something like that's that? That's too. Like, and actually, there <laughs> are... <laughs> I know I'm trying to focus specifically on the the games that make romance the central plot point, the way we focus on romance novels on the podcast with the love story at the central thing. But, you know, I know you can do things like marry people in Elder Scrolls or Mass Effect. Like, there are more video games that are including romantic options for you to choose for your gameplay. Yeah, but just like with books. Yeah, it's just you got to find the stuff you like. But there is a ton of stuff to find. Like, I was Googling different options and there's there's a lot okay. there's a lot out there so i guess good job there at least for the yeah. video game people i don't go. know about everything else but mm. there you go there's a lot of great romantic opportunities for when you were reading slump but still want that nice single dad to get a match there you go so there you, you go. know what i really love coming out of video games wow. is all of the video game inspired romances that's true fantasy. there's a lot more of it Right now, at the top of my docket, I've already read it, but I'm going to read it again for mm-hmm. book for a book club, is um, Legends and Lattes, mm. which is a romantic fantasy. It's not a romanticy like we talked about in the last episode, yeah. but it does partially center around the love story between an orc assassin who is mm-hmm. tired of being an assassin and a woman sh- who helps open um, a bake store. Yeah. And there is still occasionally things like Blow Me Down where yeah. they, there's like a video game kind of center or maybe they're gamers or... There's like there's a lot of fandom stuff in general in books now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of fandom has kind of centered like Olivia Dade has centered yeah. on like the Hollywood industry. Right. I think we talked about that in an mm-hmm. episode recently. But yeah, I think it could be fun to have a meet cute where they meet on like World of Warcraft yeah. servers and mm-hmm. they start like flirting back and forth yeah. and then like they're enemies in their day job or something like that. And that like you that. can do like you can talk to each other on yeah the, like they do have like a little message. Screen. I know that yeah. because I know women get harassed when they talk oh, yeah, to female exactly. voices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that. <laughs> yeah. 
So I guess I don't want to sound too optimistic with video gaming in general. And I'm really not that aware. Like a lot of this is just stuff I, I've recently learned because I was like, oh, I just I just didn't know this was an option for games because I'm so used to so much attention and focus being on that first person shooter. Yeah. And one thing I was really struck by in one of the articles I read, I can't remember exactly which one, but she made a point of if you ask any kind of person like, oh, what kind of like affection games are there as opposed to war games some people might be like we'll spin the bottle or truth or dare yeah but i think the point the author made was you know those kind of games they're done kind of secretly yeah they're not really done out in the open they're kind of like the <laughs> yeah they're like okay this is like the middle school party the parents are out of the house for five minutes so you run down to the basement and play spin the bottle you know it's like very five minutes in heaven or seven yeah minutes in you know heaven. it's it's not really publicly available yeah. the way like even i've heard of the witcher yeah you know, even I've heard of, like, this Mass Effect and Elder Scroll. You yeah. know, I've never played it in my entire life. Like, Last of Us. Oh, such a good show. You know, so I do think there is, Pedro like... Pascal. <laughs> yeah, so up until this point, I was kind of like, okay, video games are mostly, like, shooting, <laughs> violent, or they're overly cute, like Animal Crossing. And this does yeah. feel like it's kind of a nice middle. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a good call. Yes. Thank you. So there much. you go. So keep that in mind the next time you have a reading slump. Yeah. Go check out a game. I like it. Thank you. So what are we doing next time, Jackie? Well, I really wanted to talk about murder. Okay. But I couldn't find any romance true crime cases. So oh. we're going to talk about Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just the whole episode's Romeo and Juliet? But we're going to talk about where Romeo and Juliet comes from. Verona. So we're... Nope. <laughs> it actually was first written in... Oh, God. I can't remember now without my notes. But it did not originate in Verona. And Shakespeare okay. kind of stole it from other people. Okay. I mean, literary tradition. So we're going to talk yes, about the literary enough. tradition of where Romeo and Juliet comes from, the stories, and we're going to talk about even ancient Roman legends. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that sounds super My fun. Shakespeare nerd is going to come out hardcore. Cool. <laughs> well, until then. Hey, wait, no. We have to talk about the books we've read oh, first. All right. There you go. Yeah. Do you guys, if you guys still like this at the end, do you even still like what books we're reading if, if it's not <laughs> romance? <laughs> Let us know. We need to know. Thank you. <laughs> Please talk to us. But hey, the people who do like it, I'm going to start with you because okay. I, you guys are my favorite since you're still here. Thank you so much for <laughs> joining us in and seeing, hey, you know, Jed's a person that does more than just romance. Yeah. So I also do a memoir book club. So I am actually two things, romance and memoirs right hey. now. <laughs> and I just reread for it A Long Way Gone, Memoirs of a Boy Soldier by Ishmael B. So it is his retelling of his experience as a boy soldier in Sierra Leone during their civil war in the 90s. It's a lot. It's really hard to read, but it's also very hopeful at the end of it. Uh, he ended up getting drafted basically into the army when he was like 13. So very, very young. And then just having like this insanely violent, horrible, dangerous time for three years until he could finally uh, get. So he was actually rehabilitated in a school in Sierra Leone and he went on to speak to the UN and he escaped to New York and. So it's a crazy story, and wow. I would definitely recommend picking it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Um, I'm going to cheat because all I've read is romance <laughs> as I go back through. I really want to talk about One Night in Hartswood by Emma Denny, which it, it doesn't officially come out in the United States until November, but it's out in the UK right now, and I was so impatient to read it because it is medieval romance mm-hmm. that I ordered a copy from the UK. And it is set in 14th century England. It is gay. It is just a big, warm hug of a book. Mm. 
And it's all about mistaken identity. So basically, um, the two heroes, one of them is engaged to the other hero's sister. He does not want to marry the sister, um, A, because his father is abusive and he wants to get out of, out of his father's situation. And also because he's gay and he doesn't really want to marry a woman. Mm -hmm. So he runs off into the Heartswood, which is the forest near the castle. And the other hero goes off chasing after him. And they meet in the forest, but neither know who each other is. Mm -hmm. And so the one guy is like, okay, well, I will help you get through the forest to help escape whatever you're escaping and you can help me look for this guy i'm looking for and the other guy's like okay so it's this is really sweet quest of a story it's got all of the tropes it has one bed it has mm-hmm. huddled together for warmth it has like accidentally see the other naked like <sighs> i i gush about this mm-hmm. book i love this book so much okay. and i'm gonna make generate it for book club can't in wait the winter cool so yeah well there we go those are the books we've been reading and now we are officially done and hey, we will see you next time excellent. to talk all about romeo and juliet thanks guys jen what do we always say rage on bye <laughs>